Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This week on Hometown Ghost Stories. Shrouded in the dense forest of the Czech Republic lies a dark chasm, veiled in mystery and legend. Castle walls were constructed around it in an attempt to keep the evil inside. But was it enough to constrain the malevolent spirits of hell? Or are the people of Prague tormented by the demons ascending from the depths of the Huska Castle? This is episode number 79 of Hometown Ghost Stories, Europe's Portal to Hell, Prague, Czech Republic. Czechoslovakia. Vladislav quickened his pace through the forest. Come, Milana, he called behind him. Milana followed obediently, as always. She could be stubborn at times, but she was loyal almost to a fault. The beautiful day that they had been enjoying was beginning to wane as a dark cloud swallowed up the sunlight and an abrasive breeze whisked its way through the trees. Vlad didn't want to admit it, but he was lost. He was so enjoying the day that he decided to extend their walk and venture down a path that he was unfamiliar with. A few too many twists and turns, and Vlad felt that they might be traveling in circles. Villagers had warned about troubling and mysterious happenings in these parts of the woods, but Vlad had never paid much attention to such perplexities. I'm afraid we may be lost, Milana. Vlad admitted reluctantly. Milana responded, her beady black eyes not revealing any sense of alarm or concern. She was apparently a very brave goat. They continued to navigate their way through the unfamiliar terrain until they came to a cliff. Ugh, Vlad exclaimed in frustration. The cloud cover was still a ubiquitous presence in the sky but their rapid darkening suggested that the sun was beginning to set behind them. He wasn't particularly excited about the prospect of trying to find his way through the dense forest without the assistance of natural daylight. He glanced over at Milana, but she just stood there, chewing grass, in a state of blissful indifference. Must be nice, Vlad thought. He turned to face the direction from where they originally traveled, when out of the corner of his eye he saw something move. As he turned to face whatever it was, it sprung from behind a bush and ascended into the sky, disappearing into the darkness. Vlad was too shocked to speak. He'd never seen anything like it. At first, it looked like it would walk upright, but then it extended two enormous wings and it was gone just as quickly as it appeared. He cautiously walked over to inspect the area that the creature had been. He didn't know what he was expecting to see there, Maybe a nest or something. What he found wasn't what he expected at all. There was a massive crack in the stone. He peered down, and the hurling darkness seemed to continue down forever. 
He took a step back, not realizing Milana was right behind him, and tripped over her. Vlad hit the solid ground, and Milana panicked, leaping into the air before scampering around him towards the hole. Stop! he cried, as Milana leapt toward the gaping abyss. Her rear hooves were right at the edge when Vlad saw two pale hands with long, thin fingers grasp Milana's ankles and pull her down into the depths. I'm Dave Wilkins, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories, Prague, Czech Republic. Lying at the heart of Europe, Prague is one of the continent's finest cities. The city has a rich architectural heritage that reflects both the uncertain currents of history in Bohemia and an urban life extending back more than 1,000 years. Prague played an important role in the medieval history of Europe. In the 9th century, it became the seat of the Premislid dynasty, which ruled over the Czech lands for several centuries. The city grew in importance throughout the Middle Ages, becoming an important center of trade and culture. The Czech Republic is known as the land of castles, boasting more than 2,000 castles scattered all across the countryside, many of which are located in the city of Prague. Most of them are haunted. Some more haunted than others, and others haunted by more than just ghosts. The most infamously haunted spot in Prague is the Huska Castle, but there are dozens of other haunted locations as well. The iconic Charles Bridge is one of those haunted places. Legend has it that the bridge was even built with the aid of the devil himself. During the reign of King Wenceslas IV, his wife had gone to St. John of Nepomuk to confess her sins. When the king found out, he demanded St. John tell him what she had confessed. St. John refused, and the king had him thrown from the bridge, resulting in his death. Seven stars appeared above the bridge after he drowned, and his death was followed by a massive flood that destroyed part of the bridge. Despite the constant repairs of this section, every evening, the water would once again mysteriously bring it plummeting to the depths of the river. The bridge is believed to hold a curse and is supposedly haunted by the ghost of the dead child of one of the workers who repaired the bridge after the flood. On June 21, 1621, the longest day of the year, a huge crowd gathered in Prague's old town square to view the executions of 27 of the noblemen involved in the estate's uprising the previous year. In a rebellion against the Hasburg monarchy and the threat of being forced to convert to Catholicism or leave their homeland, several Bohemian nobles first threw their two governors and a secretary out of a window at Prague Castle in 1618, then battled the imperial army at White Mountain in 1620. After the crushing military defeat, 47 nobles were put on trial. More than half of them were sentenced to death. 24 of the nobles would be beheaded that day, and the other three would be hanged. Twelve of the disembodied heads were placed in iron baskets and hung from the towers at both ends of the bridge where they remained for approximately 20 years. Each year on the 21st of June, it's rumored that you can see the twelve headless ghosts walking in a procession from the Charles Bridge back to the Old Town Square. 
Just behind the old town square is St. James Church. It's said to be haunted by the ghost of a Latvian soldier with a demonic face and a red hood. Also, a butcher who was killed because he refused to fight in the Prague Uprising of 1611 is said to return every year on St. Bartholomew Day with a fiery axe. If you ever enter St. James Church, you might see a mummified arm hanging from the ceiling. This belongs to a thief who tried to rob the church. A statue of Mary came to life and grabbed him. The thief's arm was chopped off because she wouldn't let go. Now it hangs as a warning to anyone else harboring similar intentions. On a forested hill, perched on the edge of a limestone cliff, stands Castle Huska. The legends surrounding the site of the Huska Castle are older than the castle itself. There is archaeological evidence of Celtic inhabitation in this area dating back to antiquity, and Slavic tribes migrated here in the 6th century. But there are some questions surrounding this strange castle. Why was it built on land surrounded by an impenetrable forest with no strategic purpose whatsoever? Why was it built in a location far from any water source and trade route? Why were the fort's defenses not facing outside the castle, rather facing inside? The answer, many believe, is that the castle wasn't built to keep people out. It was built to keep something in. The first known structure existing on this site was a small wooden fort that stood here back in the 9th century. The legend claims that locals were concerned with a large crack at the top of the limestone cliff an abysmal hole in the ground that seemingly went on forever. Locals began experiencing strange occurrences around the hole. Livestock would go missing, and people brave enough to venture near the hole claimed to see winged demon-like creatures flying from inside of it. Other witness accounts claimed to see half-human, half-animal hybrids wreaking havoc in the woods surrounding the cliff. On several occasions, villagers attempted to fill the hole with rocks, but to no avail, as the hole would just swallow whatever was thrown in with no visible effect. In the late 13th century, a duke of the mighty Duba clan became curious about the mysterious hole in the ground and decided he would get to the bottom of it. Figuratively. Sort of. He made an offer to prisoners who had been sentenced to death. The offer was that if they'd allow him to lower them into the hole by rope to observe what was at the bottom and report back, they would subsequently be set free. One prisoner immediately volunteered, and the young man was lowered by rope into the hole. He was lowered as far down as the rope would allow, and there was silence for a period of time. Then, the silence was abruptly broken by the man's screams. The duke ordered the man to be pulled out as quickly as possible, and they pulled the man out of the hole. But when he emerged there was a resounding gasp from everyone who witnessed the event. The man's dark hair had been transformed to white, and he was stark raving mad. He had nothing articulable to offer, aside from incoherent ramblings, so the duke ordered him to a mental asylum, where he died two days later. The hole was believed to be the gateway to hell, and the stone castle was built around the hole in the year 1278. Most of its defenses were facing the inner courtyard rather than outside the castle, 
So supposedly, it looks not as if the castle had been built to keep an enemy outside, but rather to keep something inside from getting out. There were also no stairs leading from the upper floors of the castle down into the courtyard, possibly suggesting that they neither wanted anybody descending into the courtyard, nor did they want anything ascending from it. The crack in the limestone was covered with thick stone plates, and the castle chapel was built on top of it to seal the hole to hell. The chapel was named after the archangel Michael, the leader of God's armies in the fight against the hordes of hell. The chapel, however, was decorated with many pagan and satanic images that would never be seen in any traditional house of God. Around the 1630s, the castle was believed to be occupied by a Swedish black magic practitioner named Oranto. It was said that he toiled night and day to discover an elixir for eternal life. However, the locals were so scared of him that nobody dared to go near the castle. Eventually, two hunters, willing to risk the consequences, snuck up to the huska in the middle of the night and shot Oranto through a window, supposedly as he was working in his laboratory. In 1836, a Czech poet spent the night at the castle, where he had a strange dream in which his soul was transported to a mechanized future. Prague, 2006, where he wandered in horror and despair. When he woke, he recounted what he saw in a letter to a friend. Much of what he saw has a nearly uncanny resemblance to things that actually do exist today. In 1939, the German SS took over Huska Castle during the Nazi occupation of Czechoslovakia. There are no remaining records of what exactly they were doing there, since all the records had been destroyed once the Allied forces began advancing. But the castle was of no strategic significance whatsoever to the German war effort, so what were they doing there? It's likely that with the knowledge that Hitler's right-hand man, Heinrich Himmler, had been tasked with researching occult philosophies, an attempt at designing a supernatural weapon, it's not unreasonable to propose that the SS's reasons for occupying the castle were related to experimental research regarding the castle's occult connections and the legendary gateway to hell. Many believe this was one of the locations Himmler used to perform medical experiments on people. Given his interest in the occult, it's also believed he was attempting to harness the castle's negative energy and use it in his experiments. The Nazi occupation ended in 1945 and the castle was abandoned. Several bodies of SS personnel were discovered later and it was believed they had been executed, possibly to hide what they may have known regarding what was discovered during their time there. Today, Huska Castle is open to the public and although the hellhole remains sealed off, the castle is known to be the most haunted building in the city of Prague. Shadow people have been seen there, and there are reports of extreme poltergeist activity. The courtyard is haunted by a headless ghost with blood gushing from its wound, and a human-frog-bulldog-like hybrid creature is said to roam the castle halls. The demonic artwork that covers the castle walls is said to give people uncomfortable feelings, and some even claim that the castle brings bad luck. Whether or not a hell really exists will forever remain unknown to the living, but it seems to be certain that whatever lies at the bottom of that hole beneath Huska Castle 
is something so evil and malign that it will hopefully remain sealed off forever. What's going on, folks? Welcome into Hometown Ghost Stories, episode number thir- uh, 30. <laughs> welcome to episode 30. Episode number 79. I'm Jesse Wilkins, and uh, Rob, welcome in to your uh, 30th episode. Rob's muted, just the way we like him. And Dave's here as well. Hello, Dave. God damn it. Dave's also muted. <laughs> Dave's also- <laughs> All right. It's because you were messing with the buttons. Let's run it back. Do it again. What's up, what's up folks? Welcome to Hometown Ghost Stories, episode number 10. I'm Jesse Wilkins. That's Rob Coakley. Hello, Rob. Can we all agree? I, we're all against murder. We're, none of us want it. However, however, if you were to commit murder and a seven-star review appeared immediately, then you're probably in the right profession, right? Oh, it's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was a reference to the to the the Charles Bridge. I got gotcha. you. Uh, but it's seven out of how many? Because that's a really obscure seven, number of, of stars. We, re- oh, we do yeah. our reviews on five, right? So That's true. That's if true. If you gave us seven out of five, then you're, you're doing something right, I guess. This is our 79th episode of Hometown Ghost Stories. We're excited to be here. We're excited that you're here, and we always love hanging out with you guys. This one was an absolutely wild episode, and not your run-of-the-mill hauntings and not your run-of-the-mill stories. So I'm excited that we covered you know, another place abroad, and this one in particular, this, this is outstanding. Yeah, this could have this could have been a dark lot. mystery. It could have been cursed possessions. It could have been pretty much any category of haunts that we do. But there was just so much here that mm. I wanted to do a, a full episode on it no, because that's right. That's the right thing. There's so like as you were going through, I'm like, oh, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about this. And I'm just like, Jesus, I want to talk about all of this. I don't know if the normal show length is even enough to cover it. We're probably going to talk about it amongst ourselves when the when the end broadcast button gets it. Yeah, this is some a place that we can. Well, I don't know if we'd come back to Huska Castle, but this is Prague is definitely a location. Huska, Huska. Rob wants to say it with the Al Pacino accent. Which once you said that to me, I couldn't unhear it. Every time I'm reading anything about it or hearing it, all I can hear is Huska, Huska. <laughs> but there are so many haunted locations in Prague, and I just picked three of them to talk about. And and Huska Castle is technically in the woods surrounding the city, so it's not geographically in Prague. But anytime you search hauntings in Prague, Huska Castle is the main thing that comes up. But aside from being possibly the most photogenic city I've ever seen. Yeah. It's also <laughs> probably the most haunted. It's it's this one definitely contends for one of the most haunted locations because there are just so many of them. And I had to pick three of my favorites. So we ended up at the Charles Bridge, the mm. St. James Church, and the Huska Castle. Well, when you started going over stuff, I was like, there's so much here. Like we could talk about so many different things here. I'm assuming this is not going to be our only Prague episode. We can always come back and cover some more of the stuff. It's just, 
Absolutely. It's just loaded with different stuff. But like you said, it is very photogenic. It was like all beautiful, but like also kind of scary imagery from the city. It's like certain skylines with that with that backdrop is yeah. terrifying. Yeah, the very Eastern European Gothic themes themed stuff going on there. That bridge is very just ominous looking and all, all the castles are so just they all get that medieval gothic feel so it's a beautiful city but you know the hauntings that are there are they're very old mm-hmm. very old hauntings and very a lot of legend and a lot of lore very well, interesting you, stuff you started with like 962 ad and i was like we just go back further and further like every, <laughs> every episode I'm like we're, we're so used to starting and like we're like so long ago in 1887. I know. I know. When really. No one can comprehend being alive. And now we've gotten to 962 BC or whatever AD. AD. We're, we're yeah. getting, we're getting further and further back. But I, I love, I love this show because of how we learn about places, not only in our country, but outside of our country. Mm. And Prague's got some dark history, man. Oh, and it frog, really does. And frog people. And frog people, yeah, the frog dog human roaming the halls. It's like the <laughs> mascot, the Husky yeah. Castle mascot. <laughs> I like, uh, hang out with it. It just makes me think of the South Park man, big man bear pig. Man, bear, pig. Yeah, yeah, is that <laughs> pig man bear? No, dummy, that's man bear pig. Fifty <laughs> percent man, fifty percent bear. No, no, it's twenty five percent frog, fifty percent man. <laughs> Whatever that thing is, but yeah, yeah, that was Huska Castle. But either way, we started off on the Charles Bridge, which had some pretty interesting history to it. It's the oldest standing bridge over the Vlatava River, and legend has it the devil helped build it. Mm. Which, all things considered, it's pretty like nice of him. Guy for that, it was nice of him. You know, uh, conduct yeah. unbecoming of Satan. Just walking by with his pitchfork, was like, yeah. you guys need a hand. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> it Satan. Seems like he would have people for that, though. Like, why is he helping? I know. It's not actually the first time that we've heard of like the devil assisting in the construction of something. I can't remember which church it was, but I think it might have been one of the ones in France where the mm. has it or the legend has it that he helped to design the ironwork on the door. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, that was a weird one. Mm-hmm. So he's always building stuff. It's mm. interesting to learn about the devil's hobbies. Yes. And to architecture, apparently. But there is more to that. So one of the many workers on the bridge uh, decided to stay overnight in the section. And it was there where he was greeted by the devil, as the story goes. And the devil swore to knock down the section of the bridge that the guy was repairing every single night until the worker agreed to hand over the soul of the first person who set foot on the bridge's finished reparations. So the worker was basically attempting to prevent anyone from crossing the bridge by guarding both ends, but he failed when his pregnant wife crossed the section to talk to him. During the night, his wife died giving birth and the child soon after. So it was it said that for centuries, the specter of the innocent child could be heard sneezing on the bridge before somebody said, good bless you. And apparently that was all it took for the child's soul to finally be released and reconciled for his father's mistakes. That's interesting because it ties in with the history of the bridge where the bridge was actually repeatedly destroyed by, by floods, according mm-hmm. to the story. So it's, it's, you know, you wonder where 
which came first, the actual floods or the story, if the story was something that was that was uh, conjured after. Who knows? Can newborn sneeze? Is that a thing? Yes. Like, I, feel, I feel like they don't learn that until they're like they're human. 20, I don't think it's a learned. <laughs> it's one of the four body functions that they do at that age. Yes. All right. Well, whatever. Yeah. So that was uh, the le- the legend behind the Charles Bridge, and then some of the the, the rest of those functions are eat, cry, and cartwheel. If you're wondering. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. a fact. Mm-hmm. These are things that Rob doesn't know because he has no family. That's right. That's we, try to, we try to fill him. Try to fill in the blanks here and there. So for you him. say that, but Gotham does cartwheels, so I don't no, know. That's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I was impressed to watch that. Yeah. That would actually be much more entertaining than this show. Just watching <laughs> Rob's dog cartwheel around. It's. I mean, how? I don't know how you. How do you compete with that? If the TV show doesn't get picked up, we'll pitch that idea next. Yeah. <laughs> like, why did you break out the big guns first? You get a cartwheel and dog. Come on. <laughs> But that's the uh, so the the devil helping build the bridge is kind of the lore behind the bridge, and then there's the actual documented history, where there was that rebellion where all the noblemen basically rebelled against. They didn't before want to you, be. Sorry, before you go too far into that story, Stephanie brings up a point, but uh, good point. She says, like, I completely understand generational curses, but for it to be broken by a bless you, I feel like we didn't really address like <laughs> how low the standards were for this curse to be broken, but we don't make the rules. But, uh, you know, I guess the mention of God. Maybe I guess. I feel like there are some blanks that could be filled in with this story. And maybe the source that I got it from was just hitting the uh, cliff notes. But mm-hmm. why was the ghost sneezing? What relevance did, to the story did the sneezing ghost have? And so it was like if the haunting was solved by a God bless you. But why was the ghost yeah, sneezing? Yeah, like why would an infant comprehend that message? Uh Sam in, in chat says, I'm a proud hometown ghost stories Patreon now, our patron now. We just actually, I just saw that pop up. So thank you for joining on Patreon. Awesome. Appreciate you, buddy. I have, a light, I have a light anomaly in front of me right now. I don't know if you guys can see this. Nope. Are you, what it's are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm holding the orb. Trying to cast why, why are you doing? Yeah. Why are you doing Street Fighter moves in the middle of a show? <laughs> so we can get rid of it. I don't know what's going why on. Why are you at Duganing right now? Please stop a Duganing. It must be something with the new light behind me. So before we jump back into these hauntings, I do want to give a huge shout out to Kate Wilkins art for this beautiful piece that I have behind me. A little light up sea of thieves skull added to my somewhat monotonous background that's going on behind me. So thank you to, uh, to Kate for that. That's Dave's wife. And she, uh, she did an awesome one. Dave's got one as well, but it's not on camera. It's behind. Sure, here's Dave. Boom! Look at that. Look at that. Get the close-up version of that. So, shout oh, out to yeah. Kate for that. If, thank uh, you. Thank you. If you had joined the Patreon pre-show meeting uh, with that we do every other Tuesday, you would have seen both of those skulls there as well. But then I put everybody on mute and I made them just watch me give them eye contact while I ate ramen for 15 minutes straight in silence. So. Those are the and things you're missing out on. Yeah, this by is not being a Patreon member. <laughs> you could be a part of the pre-show, Patreon pre-show hangout uh, and watch Rob eat ramen. Steve yeah. Humphrey in the comments is shedding some light on some of the questions that we just had on this last haunting. He said, I have heard that when you sneeze, your soul leaves your body for that split second, and then the devil can grab it. If no one blesses you, he keeps it. And I think that, which I've actually also heard that, and I didn't think of it until you brought it up. So thank you for that. But that actually, I think, answers every question. Well, you guys are screwed then. There is a um, Wilkins family curse <laughs> where if a Wilkins starts sneezing, they have to sneeze no less than 100 times before it stops. Yeah. It's actually why we stop being friends. Yep. It's our cross to bear. 
Yeah, yeah Brodon in a chat brings up a point. He says a child in the Bible came back to life for Elijah the prophet after sneezing three times. A lot of sneezing facts. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think I think what it boils down to is back in the Bronze Age when they didn't know what anything was as far as medicine is is concerned. They just didn't have an answer for sneezing. It was just a. They were like, "What is this? This you have to be possessed by a demon. That's the only reason that your body would make that type of noise and reaction." They just—I feel like they just didn't understand sneezing. But everybody does it. So, what is everyone briefly possessed by a demon? I don't know. Or maybe it came from when you sneeze, your heart—like the the theory that your heart skips a beat, which I believe is also not true. But there's hmm. a lot of. Uh, this is hometown, hometown sneezing facts. IPA <laughs> with $5 in super chat. Uh, he said, is Jesse drinking again? No, I, it's, he said, Jesse is drinking again. And when the beer says I'm drinking that, uh, I feel like that's insider information, but um, mm. Mm, I've never heard of Miller Lite before. So I have no idea. I'm drinking an energy drink. Does that count? Yeah. That's a bold thing to do. How, how are you drinking an energy drink at your age? I, I had one and my entire body shut down the other day. I thought I thought I was gonna die. I don't know. They're sugar free, so I know. okay. Well, fair. So I so I unknowingly had one. I so thought back, I was, no. Back I want to talk about. I don't. No drinks. one cares about your energy drink, Rob. <laughs> We're talking about Fine. frog. Let's talk about Huska. Huska. We'll get there. So the Charles Bridge. So there's the the Satan helped build the bridge, and then there is the actual documented history where the noblemen rebelled against the regime because they were forcing everybody to convert to Catholicism and they did not want to convert to Catholicism. So they rebelled and they lost uh, handily. They did not do well in that war. So all the noblemen who were in charge of that rebellion were executed, most of them beheaded, some of them hanged. But the real weird part about this is, and they really want to drive this message home, was that after they beheaded them, they hung their heads from each tower of the bridge, um, sticks on each side, and they left them there for almost 20 years. 20 years? 20 years, which is a long time. Yeah, which it's is almost 21 years. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> We're on fire today, folks. Ricardo <laughs> 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 dropping a dollar ninety nine in super chat. Thank you. Says I care about Rob's energy drink. See that we weren't done with that conversation. We'll come back uh, to it. That that's we've heard that before though. Again, we heard that happen in Plymouth, where they they like either beheaded or kept bodies like in front of the town for twenty years. So it sounds jarring, but a lot of cultures did this. Oh, this was know. not this is not in, uncommon anywhere in the world. Right. That's just what you did. You just put people on spikes. It was a big warning sign. Actually, this reminds me a lot of the Edinburgh um, churchyard that we covered, where this was another religious conflict. And to make an example of these folks, they would chop their heads off and put them on spikes outside the wall as well. And uh, they left them there for a while. Not 20 years, though. I wonder if leaving it there for that amount of time had anything to do with, well, we got to take that body down. Uh, you take it's it like down. A, it's like the Christmas decorations. Yeah. Should we leave it up? Yeah, they'll really drive that message home if we leave it up a little longer. Yeah, good point. Let's leave it up for another 10 years. Like like guys, like, I'm so close to retirement. I just really don't want to do this. I can get the new guy to do it when he comes in and takes over my position. 
It's been it's up like there some, for some of the houses, years. What's one more day? <laughs> some of the houses in my neighborhood kind of do that, where they have their Halloween decorations up, but instead of taking them down, what they do is they just change them for each season. They put like Christmas hats on them or Easter baskets. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, why bring them in? Yeah. Oh, do you think they're doing that with the heads on the bridge? Just every every holiday they decorate <laughs> Easter bunnies, Santa hats on them and shit. <laughs> I mean, you gotta have fun with it. If you're gonna do it, just have fun with it. Absolutely, just, uh, make it a whole. The, town, the town's not gonna put up with you leaving it there for 20 years if you don't update it. You know, every season, right? Yeah. So, because uh, it's gonna stop updating itself after you know a year or two, right? After it reaches all the advanced stages of decay, then it's just a skull for 20 years. It's boring. Got to keep them guessing. So the second location that we covered was the St. James Church. And this one is actually a location that I've been wanting to cover for the reason of the mummified arm, but I didn't know how I was going to cover it. And then I'm just searching haunted locations in the Czech Republic and this comes up and I'm like, oh, I forgot this was here. So this is great. So this real, is real quick. Have we, because have we talked about this on the show or were me and you just had a discussion? About I think this you and I were talking about I think it. The three, yeah. The three of us had or, talked about it. Uh, I, I don't remember why, but this was also same exact thing. Looked it up. I was like, I'm going to cover this. And I ended up covering Paris instead. So mm-hmm. it's definitely been on the list. And we've all definitely heard of this before. Yeah. So the story is, and you know, you can call this one a legend or say that there's legend attached to it, but there is literally a blackened mummified <laughs> arm hanging from the ceiling. It's still there. You can go see it. It's there now. We're here talking about it and it's there simultaneously. So the legend is a thief. I don't even know if we call it a legend. This is what happened. A thief broke we have into evidence the- of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Human evidence is still on the wall. Yeah. A thief broke into the church and tried to steal jewels off the statue of the Virgin Mary. But when he touched them, the statue reached out, grabbed his arm, and held it there until the parishioners discovered him. Now, many of these parishioners happened to be local butchers, and I think that's kind of why this story went the direction it went. So they couldn't free the thief's arm from the statue's grasp. So rather than breaking the statue (laughs) to get his arm out. They butchered the guy's arm off. Now, I don't know if anybody besides a group of butchers would have behaved this way, but this was, must've been their first idea. Just, well, can't get it out. So we got to cleave this arm right off. So they did. And as soon as his arm came off, the statue dropped the arm and immediately returned to her normal pose. And then the arm was hung from the ceiling by a meat hook as remembrance and warning and has been there ever since. Yeah, that is uh, wild. It's just such a wild story to have the arm still, and just to leave it there for however many years now. Just yeah, just I mean, brutal. Like you get, you could imagine this in like, like a butcher shop, right? No, someone breaks in a butcher shop, they <laughs> yeah, butcher right. off his arm, and then they hang in it New up Jersey, by maybe. <laughs> Yeah, it's soprano stuff. (laughs) But in a church, all of this sounds very brutal. But let's not ignore the fact that, all right, awesome, grizzly. I love that story. I want to go see this hanging arm. Let's not ignore the fact that a statue, the story is a statue came to life and grabbed this thief. Like, that is a cool supernatural story. I don't even know what you call it. Matthew Thomas says, seems a little violent for a church, and I will... Disagree. Disagree with every <laughs> fiber of my soul. That's violent for a church. Yeah, it's, says, it's just a flesh wound. <laughs> yeah, right. Great reference. Probably happened around the same uh, time period. 
the well, 1970s? I'm just going <laughs> to <laughs> Obviously, that movie didn't take place in the 1970s. But it did. Kind of did. I know. Yeah. It did. I know. Spoiler. <laughs> I was going to swap that spoiler sticker out for Rob's face from Jesse's. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's a that's a wild story about the uh, the dangly arm. And there's one more ghost story attached to the St. James Church that I want to touch on before we dive into the Huska Castle. Huska. Huska. But this might be my favorite ghost story of all time. So there is a beautiful tomb of Count Jan, I'm going to butcher this name, Jan Vratislav Mitrovice. Yeah. According to local lore, he was buried alive in the 1700s. Now, this was buried alive in one of the tombs in the church. So not like in a graveyard or anything, but they had, they must have had like a indoor sarcophagus situation going on there. Yeah, you don't, buried, you don't bury people alive outside. You bury them alive inside. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like if it's intentional and you want to get away with it, you should probably do it outside. But either way, he was buried alive inside. And he wailed and moaned for three days. <sighs> Complainer. But it is, everyone could hear him. But all of the parishioners just thought it was his ghost haunting the church. <laughs> so they didn't investigate it. So when the tomb was opened several years later, they found his body outside the coffin. And that's when they put it all together. They're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if the priests or people like in the church who knew what it was were like, no, oh, that's the ghost again. <laughs> that's the ghost. I know. It's just the ghost. Wow, his ghost is really loud today. And oh, he's man. saying, I'm hungry and please let me out. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps saying, I'm not a ghost. That's something a ghost would say. That's definitely something a ghost would say. Ralph, he doesn't know Ralph, he's dead. <laughs> Ralph Klatt uh, dropping $10 in super, uh, super Chat. Thank you so much, Ralph. We appreciate you. Thanks for hanging out. And thank you so much for that Super Chat donation. You are an absolute legend, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. We will not bury you inside of a church and pretend that you're a ghost and we that's got another Monty python referent reference and that's the i'm not dead yet i'm not dead yet. <laughs> yeah but you will be my bomb getting better <laughs> you almost yeah. had the accent down it's oh, i'm getting better <laughs> oh, thank you thank you hey we're back in europe we're back yeah. in europe i don't know <laughs> if the accents the, roll. i don't know if the people of czech republic would appreciate your your english accent because they don't speak with english accents over there no, they just cry when they're when they're buried alive. I know, I know. That's definitely an ex exclusively a Czech thing. Yeah, nobody else yeah. ever cried yeah. when being buried alive. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that is the St. James Church, and of course, the reason we're all here today is the Huska Castle, which is. Are you going to pronounce it right once? Are you just going to say it properly one time? Huska. Do you want to know who, know who the latest patron is? Just signed up. Yes. It's the Huska Castle. Really? I'm not, I'm not joking. Yeah. <laughs> just the notification just came up. Latest patron is Huska Castle. Just pledged $3 on uh, Patreon. So thank you. Thank you to the oh, Huska good. Castle. Welcome. And I feel like that's a, uh, that is a formal endorsement from the actual location itself live here on, on the show. I hope that that is actually somebody just pretending to be the Huska Castle and not the actual portal to hell subscribing $3. <laughs> In mockery of the Holy Trinity. <laughs> oh my gosh. There it is. Because that would be too scary. This place is nuts. This is one of the most wild things that I've covered 
since we started the show. And yeah. we've covered a lot of insane, crazy I will say, stories. I don't get creeped out much on this show. I think I'm kind of numb to most of the stories at this point. I still enjoy everything that we cover. This This story legitimately creeped me out. Like the fact that it seems to be keeping something in instead of keeping people out, which is what most castles will do. Like this one was legitimately, I was like, Ooh, this one is actually like, it's, it's creeping me up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's good. Why is it? Why is it in the middle of an impenetrable forest? There's no reason um, for it to be there. There's no, okay. Okay. So wrong. if it's impenetrable, how is it there? Like, so oh. the, so the reason that they bring that point up as, as a, as a peculiar reason for its existence is because Czech historians say that the castle was just put there basically as like a record keeping facility for the Duke of that era when it was built. And they say it was nothing supernatural. It was just there for that purpose. And then it poses the question, why there? It's not near a water source. That's the the middle of a forest with no major roadways or anything going towards it. And not near any trade routes. It has these gigantic fortress walls, which, oh, really record keeping? What do you need the big fortress? Why don't you just build a little office building with a, with a copy machine? And- <laughs> office building with a copy machine is very common in that time. Yeah, yeah the, big, the big one for me on, on all of those is not being near trade routes, but more importantly, not near a water source. Yeah. And so you got to go way out of your way trudging through the forest just to go get water from where? Yeah. Where and where are why are all of the castle defenses facing inside <laughs> towards the courtyard? That's weird. There aren't yeah, a whole lot like, of reasons. My first thought was that it's some sort of an execution type of thing, but it's like that's a lot of extra steps to go through executions. So right. it seems more like the latter, which is trying to keep something in. Taco dropping two dollars in super chat says she turned me into a newt. <laughs> I could talk over that. We appreciate that. And I could do Monty Python references all night. I appreciate it. We know it. you could. We love You're it. not allowed to, though. <laughs> but so this this castle exists. It was built in the 12th or 13th century, right to, or the towards the end of the 13th century, 1280, I think it was built. And the legend is, if you ignore the historians and their bullshit, the legend is it was built because the village people in the surrounding areas were having livestock go missing. They were seeing winged demon creatures fly out of this crack in the limestone. We talk about limestone all the time and it's ties to the paranormal, but apparently they were doing it was such... the YMCA. Mm-hmm. There was that. Yeah. You said it was the village. You said it was the village people, the village so. people. That's right. Okay. That would also went right from my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so they, they, this was obviously big enough of a problem where they had felt they had to rectify it by building this fortress around it and trying to trap whatever was coming out. Yeah, in. they said that it was like like half animal, half human creatures that were crawling from this strange crack in the ground and it would kill like livestock and wreak havoc during the night. Yeah. So it was a problem. So the, and a big enough problem for them to build a giant castle. Now the story with the Duke of Duba and him using prisoners to try and figure out what's down there was an interesting one. And this is, I believe, legend and lore, but it's 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 toes the line because it's documented legend. So take that for what it's worth. But allegedly this guy, like we had said in the opening video, that this guy 
allowed a prisoner to be lowered down there, agreeing that he would be released upon his report back as to what he found down there. And they lowered this young guy down there with dark hair. And he saw something so horrifying that it turned his hair white. And they'd said that he had aged two or three decades uh, by the time they pulled him up. And he was just completely insane. So if all that is true, he had had to have either seen something so disturbing that he went insane or had some sort of external force alter his genetic code to turn his hair white and his skin old. So, you know, you obviously have to ask how much of that is just legend and folklore. But if we're just taking it at face value. It's a wild, wild story. And it, I'd still be pissed. They didn't let him go. I know. They, they just said right they made it even worse. They sent him to a mental institution. Like at that time, probably the only place that's worse than the prisons is probably the mental institutions. And they just mm. they just stepped up one level of uh one level of captivity there. It's yeah. Brutal. They threw him in there and he died two days later. So that's another detail that's pretty alarming. But so that happened and and after that is when they built the actual castle. So that 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 situation happened, I think, two years before the castle construction began on the castle. So they were obviously so concerned with what was it, whatever was going on in that hole that they felt that they had to seal it up. And throw the way they throw at us, how long did they leave the guy down there? The answer is 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> no. According to the legend, they left him down. He was only down there for a couple of minutes. So that is. They pulled weird. him up right when he started screaming from right. what I read. So it was. Same instantaneous from when he saw or experienced whatever he experienced, they pulled them right back up and that's how they found them. I didn't get a chance to look into it, but apparent, but I believe that that is things can happen to you that make your hair color. I, I usually think electricity mm -hmm. is involved or hair dye, but for the most <laughs> part, <laughs> for the most part, who knows and who knows what's down in that limestone vault. Cause they sealed it off and I don't think anyone's ever been down there since, but they, the only people that have been down there says that, that uh, there's other legends that say that this wasn't the only guy that they tried this on, that it went a few times and uh, there was no success. It basically swallowed up everything that went down inside of there. Yeah. They had tried to fill it up with rocks, just to fill it in. And no matter how many rocks they threw down there, they, the hole would just swallow the rocks up and whatever they right. threw it down in there would just fall into the abyss. I was talking about more people though. If, if they were just throwing people that. down there. No, no, no. I'm saying like after they lowered this, probably, I don't know who knows what happens <laughs> after that. But after they tried this experiment with that guy, there's certain accounts that say that they tried it with a few other people with the same exact results. People went absolutely insane. Their hair turned white. They aged like 30 years. It was probably the same guy that didn't take the heads down because he was too lazy. He probably went and threw one rock in and was like, oh, I tried to fill it. Just... Yeah. Threw one of the heads in. He's like, ah. <laughs> yeah, it, we started. We started on the cleanup. Process. It's just too deep. There's it just it won't fill up. We tried so hard. If you no threw, but but if you threw one rock down there, right, just one, the first rock and you just waited and you never heard it hit the bottom. Would you bother throwing a second rock? No. Like this is this is not. Or it, work. or it came out and it was 30 years older. <laughs> this rock aged 30 yeah. years. <laughs> Oh, man. But the castle was built and a bunch of other weird things happened. We have. I'm sorry, Brona just brought up another great comment. He goes, maybe the guy just had a bunch of limestone in his hair. 
<laughs> you just dropped the guy in a dusty hole. You pulled him out. His hair's white. <laughs> oh, could you imagine? <laughs> he's crazy. No, he's just saying his hair didn't turn white. It's just rock dust. <laughs> so after the castle was built, we had the guy, the uh, the alchemist named Aranto, who lived there. And he was a, a basically like a mad scientist of the 17th century. And he was so mad that all of the people surrounding him were afraid of him. So afraid that they sent hunters out to assassinate him through his window via bow and arrow. In your years of UFC training, did you start to feel this way that you just got so sick of everyone being so afraid of you? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm always looking over my shoulder for archers. You never know. You never be too. <laughs> I miss that yeah, part of UFC training. That, that's when you get to like year two of UFC training. Like this is when they start sending the archers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get that head on a swivel. Uh, so that was the unfortunate end to Oronto, the alchemist. And then this was an interesting one. The prophet poet named Karel Heineck Maka. So in 1836, during a walking tour of the region, our poet friend spent a night at the Huska castle. And supposedly in his dreams, he was visited by a terrible vision, which he later recounted in a letter to his friend, Edward Hindle. Maka described his soul descending into the pit and being transported into a hellish mechanized future. Prague 2006 was the date that he put on it where he wandered in horror and despair. Among the unnerving experiences in the vision, Maka wrote that he met a girl who showed him moving pictures in a small casket, and that in darkness he walked among high sandstone cliffs riddled with holes that projected an eerie yellow light, uncannily similar to the modern Silisti. I don't know if that's the pronunciation of that, but uh, it's, an, it's the enormous blocks of flats, which in the present day loom above the outskirts of Prague. So Maka was recounting all of this in 1836. So how did these visions of the future emerge from his subconscious? Was it really only a dream or is it possible that he was actually transported ahead in time? There are plenty of people who believe that that was actually the case. Mm. Like a wormhole situation. Yeah. And it was, well, you, you, you'd have to ask what the small casket with moving pictures is. Could it be a, uh, an iPhone? Right. That was the same year the iPhone came out 2006. So what, you know, what that could be open for interpretation, but more so is the, the block of flats, which, um, present day looms above the outskirts of Prague. He predicted that. So it's just weird. It could all be coincidence, but who knows? Mm. What, what do you think that's in reference to? Like like a city, like towers? Yeah, they say it's, uh, well, no, there's a specific, um, I don't want to say a landform, but I haven't been to Prague, so I don't, I can't speak. But they said that that sounds eerily similar to something that actually exists in Prague. Now, but didn't, now, exist, then. But didn't exist then. Exactly. Yeah. I, I never really thought of that too. Like if you did have some sort of a time travel situation and people don't have the vocabulary to explain what they're seeing how would how would that translate you know right if he woke not, up and said my god they all have iphones they'd be like we don't know what that means but <laughs> yeah. we should write it down and then we'd yeah. know for sure but he was he was describing what he saw in terms of the vocabulary that they had back in that time yeah, if he came back and was like, it was bussing. They were doing dances on TikTok. <laughs> and I'd be like, all right, send this guy to the insane town with white hair, Charlie. He's got to go. Put him in the hole. 
I woke yeah. up in what they call a nightclub, and the DJ had the worst transitions I've ever heard in my life. And he played <laughs> Ushers, yeah, four times in a row. He played the whole song. <laughs> the whole song. But yeah, so there's the the prophet poet, and that I thought was pretty interesting. And then a hundred years later, Nazi Germany invades Czechoslovakia, and they set up shop in the Huska. Huska. And- no one really knows why they were there because they were one of those groups of people that would destroy all records. So we always talk about how record keeping is bad during different times. Record, record keeping wasn't terrible in the mid 1940s, but it was when record, you're record destroying keep- all the records. Yeah. But this was one thing that played a role in the Nuremberg trials was that the Nazis were so spot on with record keeping that this was their own demise it's like thank you for listing all of the crimes that you committed you did this and this and this and this and this and you can't deny it because this is in your own handwriting and right. it was so i guess in in certain cases they probably were like oh we need to destroy this record these records especially in in one of these cases because if they were doing some sort of messed up experiments which is definitely not out of the realm of possibilities with these guys then i could see why they would try to destroy those records but they certainly did keep all of this stuff written down so ricardo says wtf is with nazis and wanting to do horrifying shit uh that's a great question now another question is when they got to the huska castle in theory they wanted to be there because they heard about the legend of the portal to hell and they wanted to harness that evil to be able to create some kind of super weapon supernatural weapon to combat the allied forces Little did they know when they got to this portal to hell, they were still the most evil things in the building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Fair. Basically, so, totally fair point. Yeah. Sounds like a. Yeah. A all the demons were like, they were like, stay down here. There's a fucked up shit going on up there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. You don't want to deal with those guys. The devil's like, I'm not building them any bridges. Like, they yeah. can just, they can do it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. They got the fast pass. Exactly. So they were there and it was, like I said, everything is speculation, but you'd ask this, you could ask a lot of the same questions that you could ask, you know, that pertains to why the castle was built in the first place. There was no strategic purpose for that castle to exist, much like there is no strategic purpose for the Nazis to take over Huska Castle. None whatsoever. Yeah. Again, it's in the middle of nowhere. There's no military strategy that says that this is a benefit to take over this castle. You know, it's not a stronghold. It's not protecting any sort of waterway. It's not on the coast. You know, there's no advantage to, for them to take over this castle. So it, there has to be a reason that they were there and it has to be, they heard about something and they wanted to see what was up with this place. Right. And it would be one thing if they just sent like a small battalion of troops over there, but they said Heinrich Himmler, who was basically the number two guy and they sent the SS over there, which is like the most cutthroat, brutal um, sect of the, the Nazi army. That's a big deal for them to be over there. So why why were they there? And Himmler was the guy who was performing all the experiments on human beings and doing – he was the guy who was in charge of the all the occult research from uh, – for that uh, Hitler was obsessed with the occult for some reason. There's a bunch of different reasons. People speculate that he was possessed by a demon. I don't like that theory because it almost kind of like gives him a an out or an mm. excuse. Yeah. But there were there's a lot of different speculation 
as to why they were so obsessed with the occult, but it's well known that they were in fact obsessed with the occult. They had Himmler, they had this other guy, Carl Villegut, who were basically designated to research the occult for whatever reason. The most popular reason I believe is had to do with uh, breeding for the Aryan race. They had tied that to some bogus uh, religious thing that they had. Basically, the political group that would eventually become the Nazi, Nazi party was started by people from the Thule Society, which was an esoteric group dedicated to studying the mythological origins of the Aryan race. None of this is rooted in science. It's basically just cherry-picked information to confirm their biases. So there's different reasons that people think that they're obsessed with the occult, but the most popular one is that they are trying to harness the negative energy to develop a super weapon. Mm. I think we're onto something here. I think I'm starting to think that... These were some pretty bad guys. You think so? <laughs> yeah. Should write yeah. that down. That's that's we, pretty, you are onto something. We we have developed a breakthrough here at home. <laughs> but yeah, bad stuff. Fortunately, the Germans lost the war and they had to flee Huska Castle, and that was the end. Yeah, of luckily that. they they left it intact. A lot of the places that they had to, I mean, they had occupied all of Greece. There's a monastery in Greece that we're going to visit in August that the Nazis had occupied and they had, I don't know if I was out of superstition or what, but they had carved the eyes out of all of the, um, all of the icons. So like the mother Mary, Jesus, everyone, they just, they slashed out the eyes and they straight up just left it like that. And to this day, you could still go see, and you'll see like firsthand the, the, the pictures are still on the walls, all the icons and everything where they had carved the eyes out of, the um out of the the icons and you have to wonder like when you're doing that do you have to think like you ever, you think maybe like one or two of them that were like you know carving the eyes out were like do you think maybe we're the heinrich do you think we are the bad guys <laughs> no. this is, like you don't think that someone like maybe maybe this isn't good maybe this is kind of evil i don't know yeah. i mean there, there was worse crimes committed obviously during world war ii than covering up some icons but definitely looking forward to going there and seeing that well, they were notorious for stealing all of the religious artifacts. They were very anti-religion, and that's not because they hated God. It's because they didn't like the competition. Hitler also wanted to be yeah, God. Hitler was also trying to build like a super museum in Munich and basically have all of the world's art there. Right. So that was another reason that they were also stealing art, but also for the other reason as well. Jeanette with 999 in Super Chat says limestone and limestone accessories. This is actually the first episode that we've ever talked about limestone here on Hometown yeah, Stories. That's true. Have you guys ever heard of the stone tape theory? No, <laughs> should we dive into it? <laughs> we should dive right into it. We should dive into this hellhole. But the, the story with this hellhole, basically, all summed up is that basically every century was another insane negative occurrence that happened at this castle and none of them are like oh that little thing that happened that wasn't a big deal huge gigantic things all that are just full of negative negative energy going on at this place and it is just believed to be the source of these wild hauntings that apparently still go on down there out there up there depending on where you are (laughs) (laughs) yeah yourself it's definitely up there yeah (laughs) and uh and frogman bear Frog can, yeah, can we there. talk about can we talk a little more about that? You guys mentioned it. You mentioned on the episode you didn't include any of the pictures. I want to know more about this. 
Well, I included everything I know about it, other than, it was, <laughs> other than like, it was aside from the fact that it was mentioned. There's a a hybrid frog man dog, bulldog, right? Bulldog frog man. That I couldn't find any pictures. I couldn't find any further information on it. I know Rob, you sent me something. I don't know if you got anything else on this, but I was I was sure. really hoping I couldn't yeah. not mention it. Maybe sure maybe only- I can find that picture again. Give me a moment. Are we sure the only account of this wasn't from the guy that they pulled out of the hole? <laughs> I know. They pulled him out. He's got the white hair. He's like the frog dog man. The frog dog man. Yeah, no, I expected this out. <laughs> Get this guy out of here. Yeah. He's a nut. He is a nut. But yeah, so there's but that. That's not, the, that's not the first hybrid creature that they've reported in that. The or the original stories were that there were these hybrid animal humans that were coming out of this hole. So maybe that's something that got out of the hole. Maybe yeah. So they're they're like these centaur type creatures that would allegedly roam around the area half horse, half man. Mm -hmm. And there's all sorts of art all over the walls of the inside of the castle. And a lot of them have, particularly in the chapel that was built on top of the hole. And it's decorated with artwork of different centaurs shooting arrows. The weird thing about it is that they're all doing things with their left hands, which doesn't sound abnormal today. But back in the time where these paintings were done, it was abnormal because they believed that left-handedness was synonymous with the devil which is so true isn't that right rob? If you were, rob is left-handed and uh is that the one rob right is that there. the guy i found him i found <laughs> him i found Frogman. he's hiding i don't know if you can see him in this picture he's trying to hide but oh there he is behind the pole <laughs> but this is an actual photo of Frogman bear pig yep there he is and, and lefties are better just so everyone knows right yeah but, rob does suffer from left-handed syndrome it is weird that they would have these paintings all of which depicted creatures doing things with their left hands because it was associated with the devil and it was in a chapel so it would be it's a strange place to have this allegedly demonic symbolism inside of a chapel that's built on top of this hole that you believe is a portal to hell if you're trying to seal that portal so it's just it's curious to say the least it is. Are you sure you're not just, are you sure this isn't Hogwarts? You got the forbidden forest. You got the castle with the cool art. You got the centaurs. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe uh, you got your hybrid frog creatures. Are there a lot of hybrid frog creatures in Harry Potter? I'm sure there's a few. Yeah. You got the know. big bullfrogs. Yeah, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I suppose. But yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot here. There's the headless ghost who's uh, gushes blood from his neck wound that allegedly... <laughs> We're not laughing at that. That's that's a terrible story. But yeah, Rob found another picture of the frog man. This one's a good one though, because he raised forty thousand dollars for a museum. Please take that off the screen. Four ninety nine from Ricardo in super chat says lefties rule. So they don't they rule everything except for the we, chalkboard. We, we do rule. It is a fact. <laughs> I don't know. I I tend to lean towards the uh, idea that you are associated directly with the devil if you are left handed. Well, you know, we I guess we're towing that line doing this show and just talking about demons every single week. So who knows? We did a literal episode on the Church of Satan. Anyways, yeah. The the I thought when you talked about this headless ghost that was bleeding from the wound, I thought you were gonna say a headless ghost who's bleeding from the eyes, to which I was going to question <laughs> this, this story, but you didn't. Could have been holding his head with Well, it, it would, actually it would be like the the what is this? <laughs> This is, this is the last frog person that I wanted to, that I had to find. Looks like the uh, detective from Law and Order SVU. <laughs> it does look like the, 
It's the yeah. detective. It's the detective from Scream Six, just still haunting my nightmares. He's terrible acting. Actually, looks like Andrew Clavin. Anyways, the um. Although I guess if it was a headless ghost who was bleeding from the eyes, it would be like the headless uh, bird mothman of Chernobyl who That's right. was headless but has still had glowing red eyes. I know. Where yeah. where are the eyes? I don't know. <laughs> but that's not the story. So the, the, the story is this actually is a terror. We're laughing about it, but this is like an actual terrifying ghost story if, if the accounts are, are accurate, which is it's a headless ghost that is seen bleeding from the, the neck wound, I would guess. And yes, yeah. that's, that's particularly gruesome what does the ghost do is it just wander wanders the courtyard which is supposedly the most haunted part of the castle which makes sense that's the castle is all structured around the courtyard all of the weapons are facing the courtyard and maybe the ghost originated from somebody who was a victim of one of those weapons facing the courtyard yeah yeah, but the, the problem is that, there's plenty of heads around for him to pick up and use I know. according to the other stories we heard. So I, I almost, what, I almost his, what his deal is. I almost called this episode, the headless ghosts of the Czech Republic. Mm. Cause they're all the ghosts are just headless over there, which is uh they did their fair share of beheading. That's for sure. Or, or, or alive. They're or alive. Either. One, one ghost is actually an alive dude. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Buried in a church. <laughs> oh, such a good story. <laughs> that is, that's actually wild. That's good wild. I, th- I still can't get over the eeriness of the castle. Not, not necessarily like the structure, whatever, the courtyard, all these things, the artwork, everything is kind of off with this. But the fact that the weapons are pointing into the courtyard, if that's not to defend something that should be coming out of that hole, then what are they doing? That's just you a just have divine flaw. No faith in your gates. If you just you gotta, like, forget it, they're going to get inside. We might as well be or they have No faith, no faith whatsoever castle. in their staff. They're just waiting for everyone to turn on them. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was just a general that was like, they'll never expect us to fire on ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> they, hear, they hear all this bloodbath going inside. Like, We're not going in there. And we weren't. Oh man, Huska Castle! What Huska. a ridiculous, Huska. terrifying place! Place I would definitely go visit. Now, if we're we like to hunt for ghosts, that's the thing we like to do. And our goal, obviously, when we're ghost hunting, is to find a ghost. But what if we found a headless ghost with a gushing neck wound? I think I'd run. I'll take it. Take it, absolutely. We run, but we take it. We take it. Yeah, we do it. We Jesse would it would try to gurgle talk and Jesse would just talk over it the whole time. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we got that coming next week. Tell us about next week, Jesse. Oh yes, next week we are going to drop the Shanley episode. I have made progress. Typically with my episodes, I start working on them about six hours before they drop. But this one I've been putting in works. I know I got a lot to chip away at. So we're excited about it. But yeah, for those who don't know and audio listeners and everybody, we visited the Shanley Hotel last week. It was an awesome time. We did an overnight investigation, did a little live stream from there. And a lot of people hung out for that. And that was pretty cool. Shaky Wi-Fi over there. So it wasn't the most clean stream, but it's still available on YouTube if you want to check it out. But more importantly, we're going to have the uh, well-polished and sparkly clean brand new episode. Actually, that'll be episode number 80. So should be a big one. And we're going to talk about everything that we experienced in there. There was a little bit of the investigation that we kept on the live stream but we investigated for hours after that and caught a whole bunch of really cool stuff so i'm excited to show you guys what we did with all of that and um 
and talk about the uh, Shanley Hotel. So I got Napa Knock, New York tomorrow. I mean, I'm really, I got really creeped out with an investigation me and Jesse did um, after we went off the live stream, like legitimately, like very, very creeped out. Yes. Actually, I was, I was editing that down today and I don't know how we're going to handle this in the episode because the, I trimmed it down and it's still 10 minutes. So no. <laughs> we'll talk about that off stream. I think we're going to have to drop a lot of like the full investigation footage mm-hmm. probably on Patreon or maybe put together like a full length investigation video because if we're going to try to keep this thing to 20 minutes or so, it's going to be difficult with uh, with how much stuff we have in there. So we'll discuss how we're going to do it. But on Patreon, we've already started dropping some clips from it. So if you're there, then you get access to that behind the scenes extended cut stuff. But either way, next week we will be here with uh, the Shanley Hotel. Should be a fun one. Yes. Let's jump into some reviews. And then I got to thank our patrons. Actually, we forgot because last week was a weird episode. We forgot to thank our patrons. I don't oh. think we did. I think we did it, didn't we? No, I know I forgot because I edited the audio. Mm, that's so true. the first review on iTunes is from Joel Parr. Title, great podcast. One of the best out there in good research. Great storytelling. Love all the hosts and A1 personality. So much fun. And each story has great content and personality. Love you guys. Carry on and be scary. Thanks a lot. And blessed be. Nice. Thank you for that review. Yeah, yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure we have more in the meantime. If anybody wants to win some stickers, I'll take the next 10 people who type stickers in chat and we'll give out a five pack of limited edition hometown ghost stories stickers. For those of you who won last week, those are already in the mail for you. Should be getting them soon. I got uh, a review here from Dan it says, Hey guys, I'm from the UK. And firstly, wanted to say thank you. Firstly, wanted to say, I think your podcast you do this wrong. Yeah. Start over. If he's from the UK. Um, we need well, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to. He's actually from the UK, so I don't yeah. want him to yes. think I'm making fun of his accent. He's going to be. His accent. He's going to be insulted if you don't do it with the accent. <clears throat> uh see, UK accent. Well, what part of the UK? He just said UK. It could be Scotland. It could be Ireland. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, do do what you want. Do what you want. Let's go. Choose your own adventure with, on this one. Let's, let's roll with Scotland. Let's see. All right. <clears throat> hey guys. I'm from the UK, and firstly, I wanted to say thank you for your podcast. It's absolutely amazing. I've subscribed on Amazon Music to listen. As soon as a new podcast is dropped, I think I've listened to every episode twice over. I first found out about you guys on the Talk is Jericho podcast and was immediately hooked after that. Keep up the great work and keep up all the laughs coming too. An interesting subject. The fact you make people laugh along include us all the time. Amazing. Thank you. I will say that he also listened to one of our movie reviews, the one where we st- <laughs> where we did the "You Do Not Want to Go to Banana Land" <laughs> Chat GPT <laughs> script, and he also did his own um, Chat GPT script for a movie and sent it. And it was absolutely hilarious. I'm not going to oh, yeah, be right now, awesome. so maybe we'll maybe we'll uh, act it out one day and put it together on and throw it on Discord or something. But that act was, uh, it out. Okay. Not acting like, out, but you know, voice acting. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, yeah, really? We'll get some costumes. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what are we doing here? We're making some commitments here. All right, we're going to do a quick wheel spin, see who wins a five pack of limited edition hometown ghost story stickers. And the wheel's going around. I have more reviews after this, but is it going to be Ambi 
Rose, Ambi Rose gets some stickers. Shoot Congratulations, us Ambi Rose. Shoot us your uh, address and we'll shoot those over to you. Our next review is from LBPS founder, titled Amazing Show. Love the show. Been listening for about a month and a half and have finally caught up. A little disappointed that I can't just binge listen every day, but that's not the point. You can listen to all the shows again. This show is absolutely amazing. The backstories for each show are well-researched and put together in a way that they draw you in. The banter between the guys is hilarious, entertaining, and believe it or not, educational. That is a fact, especially when I speak. I've been a paranormal investigator for over 20 years, and it's been so hard for me to find a podcast where I agree with most of what they say. The only thing I disagree with you guys on is the subject of orbs. However, that has been the hot topic in the paranormal world for years. I think disagreeing on that subject is such a marginal thing. Um, I think you should have open dialogue about this stuff anyways. I don't think you should always agree with everybody. So it doesn't change my view on you guys or the show. I will be at the Paracon at Penhurst in PA in a few weeks oh, and hope to be able to meet with you guys. I'm trying to get some members of my team to head out with me. But right now, it's me and my fiance. Keep up the great work. Hope to meet you all in the near future. Just a little PSA. If you're a bourbon drinker, check out the 2XO or the Blackened. Both are amazing. So we are looking forward to meeting you at the Paracon as well. Um, And I guess we'll just plug that real quick. What was our our take on orbs? (laughs) I think they know what we said. No, we, we include orbs in some of our investigations, but we understand that not every orb you see is an orb. They're are dust particles. I think we try to do our best to weed out what we think is dust right, and right. Okay. what we think is an actual orb. So we'll have to talk to that individual and see which side they're on on the orb discussion. I'm taking it as they don't believe that orbs are anything viable evidence at all. So, which is fine. Everything is subjective right now. Like mm-hmm. there is no hard proof on anything. Do you have another one, Dave? From the- I do. I do. This one is from Liz Y. I just wanted to give you guys a 10 out of 10 would recommend your show. And I totally have. I stumbled upon your show when Spotify gave me a recommendation on shows I should listen to. And so glad I started listening. I love the stories and the content you guys give out. I stumbled upon your show as a recommendation and glad I subscribed and caught up with all of the episodes. Love you guys. And keep up the great work, Liz P.S. I can't wait for my stickers. Hashtag Dave is the best. Mm. Can we get that, that trending? We should get that trending. Uh, That's a good that part, that part Jesse, wasn't in there. Dave made Jesse, up. can you show you it? It's at the bottom. Dave made up that whole review. He literally uh, typed it up. You can see it now. That's can't never been said. So yeah, the name the name being definitely not Dave. Definitely. Yeah, that was that a just dead giveaway. giveaway. Dead giveaway right there. Yeah. <laughs> now that's an awesome review, and thank you for that. That's uh, that's very good. We appreciate that. If you want your review read out on the show, all you got to do is leave a five star on Apple Podcasts. You can also leave one on Spotify if you don't have an Apple device, and then email us your review. A couple of these are via email as well. So thank yeah. you guys for that. The, the The reviews had gone cold for a little bit. We were getting nervous, and then they all started flooding back in. So yeah, I don't know if people. Real yeah, quick. I'll let you. I, just, I, I do want to emphasize how important reviews are to the podcast mm-hmm. and, and getting out there. We, we mention it pretty much every show, but the, these are like some of the most important things that people can do is, is drop a review. It's one of the free ways to support, so, uh, to support the show. And, uh, and yeah. any show it. that you listen to that you really like, you should try to give them a five-star review. It's something that I try to make sure I do for everything I listen to because it does tremendously help the show's algorithms and stuff. 
Um, this one's from Too Much Pizza, titled Love It. It just says, love the creepy stories, love the humor, love the chit-chat, which uh, is great. Cool. Thank you for that review. And I'll just finish mine off with Shaggy Bone. Absolutely love this show. I've been listening for maybe a month now. I'm almost all cut up and can't wait to join the live shows. We can't wait to have you here. 10 out of 10 holds up, has the spooky history and the funny. Can't wait to start with the drinking games. And for you guys to know me as well. And we are, again, looking forward to meeting you. Keep up the good work, and I'll continue to recommend it. We will try. We try. Huge. I mean, ah, thanks for the recommendations. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Thank you for the review. Yeah. And it, it always shocks me how quickly people binge and catch up on all the content. Yeah, I know. So seventy nine episodes plus the ones in between, plus the bonus content a month. It's a lot. That's, that's a lot to catch up on. That's dedication. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a lot that, because we put it together, and I know how much it is. Yeah. That's we're putting it together. Yeah. Yeah, so that's true. Let's uh, thank our patrons real quick. We have for our VIPs Allison V, Garrett, Jeannie R, Justin T, Lisa J, Mike Oubliette, Blake. Yeah, we have Mom and Pops W, Robert H, Demon King, and Irish Assassin Gaming. Those are our VIPs. We appreciate you very much. For our other patrons, we have Amby Rose, Anna C, Chris C, Donnie N, Lily, Jake V, Janice G, Marfire, Matthew T, Papa Squatch, Peach Smoothie, who just bumped up her Patreon tier. Thank you so much there, Peach. We have Rachel B, Randy, Sarah C, Stephanie A, Sydney B. We have Al Capone, Anthony T, Ashley M, Brandon W, Brennan B, Captain McSlugs, Cody G, our brand new <laughs> latest patron who's the Huska, Huska cast. Huska. Huska. We have Huggy Bear, Joe R, Kiralee J, Mark M, Mariah M, Paul from St. Louis, Sam from the Paul. I believe that's the other brand new one. So thank you so much, Sam, and welcome in. Sarah R, Scotty L, Solar Flare, Soph M, Hooper, and the other Rachel B. Thank you so much for being a member on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you get some exclusive content, ad-free episodes. You get your name in the credits. You get it read out here at the end of the show. And You have you to read them all again. Love and support. Okay. You have to read all the names again because I don't like when you don't end it with Soph and Hooper as the last two. Well, that has just been what it's been since the beginning. You're just going to have goes, to use your imagination, right? I'm <laughs> just going to have to let you know that it goes by alphabetical order on the first name, and the other Rachel B started her name with a V, <laughs> and because she didn't just go by Rachel B, she has now moved to the end of the list. My so. organs are going to shut down because I'm just so <laughs> so used to it being the other way. It has nothing to do with all the pickleback shots. It has to do with the <laughs> Patreon order. Jeez. God, I, I don't know if we can ever do those again. Never. Definitely not going to do that at the Pen- Pennsylvania convention. Paragon. <laughs> How to get banned from Penhurst. Anyways, <laughs> I think that'll pretty much do it. Do we have anything else we want to go over real quick, gentlemen? No, I think I shared all the Frogman pictures I wanted to share, so I'm pretty Each good. one even more terrifying than the last. So This this week's side content is going to be the ghost of Lucille Ball, a celebrity haunting. We haven't done a celebrity haunting in a little bit, so yeah, we'll do that one. The, uh, the scariest ghost story of all time. It is. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyways, thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, thank you to everybody who subbed on YouTube, little as $1 a month. You can be a member on YouTube. Unlock the emotes. Thanks again to Papa Squatch and Matthew T for gifting those subs. Pirate hats, boom. End of show. Boom. We'll see you guys next time.